my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm continuing my coverage in the series Jesse's Musical Career Journey with Season 5, Episode 5, The King and I, which aired October 15th, 1991. Yes, at this point in the series, Jesse and Becky are expecting twins. It's kind of interesting because we didn't know at the time whether they were going to be twin boys, twin girls, a boy and a girl. We didn't know until the day the episode aired that the babies were born. But anyway, in this episode, Jesse is on the verge of a record deal and... When is he not on the verge of a record deal? As long as he makes one hit song, which is in the case. Same thing here. Ditches the annual Tanner family picnic to write a hit song. Struggling to find inspiration. Help might be coming from an unlikely source. And of course we have another summary by Melissa. IMDB user. Jesse is working hard to wrap up a record deal and is told that his writing that writing a hit song will seal it the rest of the tanner family is looking forward to their family reunion and the competitive games in which they will be participating jesse is supposed to be michelle's partner in the games but he chooses to work over family he chooses work over family and stays home to write Later, an Elvis lookalike gives Jesse some much-needed perspective. Um, you know, I'm going to put a pin in what I was about to say, and we'll save it for when we get there in the episode. Because that's just, think about that, like, nope, I'm going to save that. So, yeah, we are in June, even though I am recording this episode at the end of March. And we are doing a double Jesse month. June and July is going to cover all of Jesse's musical aspiration episodes. I just did Mad Money last week. I'm doing The King and I. I ended up forgetting about Play It Again Jesse, which is also like 10 episodes after this episode in season 5. So we'll hit that. We have the Olsen twins birthday coming up. I will be covering two episodes since this is the final year for Full House episodes. Yes, I will be wrapping up the Full House portion of this Full House, Fuller House podcast with The Bicycle Thief and Michelle a la carte, both from season seven. Then in July, we're going to pick up Jesse's musical career journey with Captain Video, parts one and two, season five finale. We have season six's Road to Tokyo, and then wrapping up Jesse's musical journey is season eight, On the Road Again. Not one of my particular favorites, unfortunately. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Mm. 
Now going back to IMDb, this does have a 6.7 out of 10 rating based on 247 ratings. We do have one guest star in this episode, of course. Pete Wilcox plays Man in Diner or otherwise Elvis Impersonator. This guy has got a rap sheet 100,000 miles long of like basically nothing but Elvis Impersonator. Just Yeah, the last thing he did was in 2012, which was like 11 years ago. He played Elvis. Uh, Preacher Elvis, Over the Hill Elvis, The King, Man in Diner, Elvis, Reverend King, Elvis, Elvis Impersonator, Elvis Slash Window, Aaron King, and Elf. Speaking of Elf, you know that family's last name is Tanner, so I'm, uh, and they hail from, I believe, Los Angeles. So I'm just thinking of, huh, is Willie and Kate and Lynn and Brian gonna be going to this Tanner family reunion. How wild would that be? Because they're both on different networks. I believe, I believe Elf, I think, was on NBC. And, of course, Full House was on ABC. Imagine the Tanner crossover. They both live in California. That would be wild. I mean, we do get an Elf name drop. At one point, by Joey in in one of the seasons of Full House. So yeah, as we keep going, okay, we got uh, yeah, he starts playing other characters. Um, yeah, he's been playing uh, Elvis since 1980 TV movie for the love of it. He played Elvis number four. Uh, in 1988, he played a performer in Valerie, I'm guessing, was also Elvis. Elvis Lookalike, 1983. King, 1986. 86, 30, you know, I'm, I could go on for days, and I'm not going to. But, alright, this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers, Jeff Franklin. David Pollock was also a writer on this episode. Elias Davis. And Jeff Shimil. We have one user review. This is kind of the weirdest title. It's Gravy Salad, and I don't understand where that comes from. Gives this a 6 out of 10. Warning spoilers. Uncle Jesse gets a hot new record deal. Now he must write a new song. He spends... Why would they sign him if he doesn't already have... Because they want a hit original song. They do not want a cover of something else. He spends days trying to come up with the perfect awful song <laughs> that only Jesse could write. Mm, dig. Meanwhile, Danny and Bam are getting ready to compete in the yearly. Yearly, guys! So this has been going on. And the fact that, again, putting a pin in that, I'm not going to mention it right now. DJ and Steph tie each other together because they're, <laughs> this isn't practice tripping, they're together in the three-legged race. We got Joey and Becky who are also, I guess they're going head-to-head -head or they're competing against other Tanner families in the pie-eating contest, which we all know Becky's going to win because she's carrying twins. She's basically eating for herself and two others. She's eating for three. <laughs> All right, Uncle Jesse skips the dinner, or the Tanner picnic decides. 
He then meets Elvis at a diner, decides that Jesse, he feels he's no good to his family, because he deserted them, tried to write a hit song, well's dried up, can't come up with anything, no inspiration whatsoever. So basically, yeah, in the end, family watches Jesse sing a sweet new song, many musicians are That's right! He's got like, it feels like ten musicians. The King and I reference episode title, of course. Jesse accidentally plays the Brady Bunch theme while looking for inspiration. I will definitely keep an ear out for that. You know, I had gotten um, the complete series of the Brady Bunch uh, uh, TV show, and I think, gosh, I think I made it up to either season four or, th- or up to season five. After that, I, I think I just kind of petered out after a while when the same situations were happening only did different characters. It's like they were running out of storylines, hence Cousin Oliver. <laughs> this episode marks the first episode where Andrea Barber is shown in the opening credits. Also trivia, the title is from Rogers and Hammerstein's 1951, the musical The King and I, starring Gertrude Lawrence and Yule Reiner. The original Broadway production opened for the St. James Theater March 29th, 1951, ran for 1,246 performances, won the 1952 Tony Award for the musical, or best music. thought there was a movie with, um... Jodie Foster, whether it was in the late 90s or early aughts, because I thought that the boy, Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy, I thought he, like, played her son in the movie. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Like I said, I've never seen it, but then again, I worked in a video store. I put away a lot of movies. A lot of the times I would look at the cover of a movie. I would look at the back of the of the cover of a movie, and that's how I got my movie information prior to IMDb. So I'm just seeing if we got any goofs. Oh, A Little More Love. It's a soundtrack <laughs> listing. Performed by John Stamos and Jesse and the Rippers. There is no trivia. Actually, no, excuse me, there's no goofs. I'm sorry, guys. All right, of course, before I get into the episode officially, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. the new podcast listeners, I want to say welcome aboard the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the podcast. I want to let you know where you can find the podcast. To listen to, SoundCloud and iTunes are going to be your main platforms to listen to. Also, the podcast is a have social media, Facebook page, if you just search Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, the only way to Holy Julepa's podcast will pop up. Also, it has an email address if you'd like to write into the podcast or email the podcast. You can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. A couple things about this podcast, if you don't already know, this is at Ears of All Ages podcast, and when I say this, I mean anybody of any age can listen to it. Anywhere, anytime, anyplace. If you're picking up your kids from school, if you're getting groceries and you are got your earbuds in, 
Take me along. You're doing laundry, you're cooking dinner, you're wrapping Christmas slash birthday gifts. Take me along and listen to me. Have me on speaker. <laughs> and I just, I wanted to be a little different from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts out there that weren't rated E for expletive, which is basically 18 and over, just either due to language or inappropriate content. I wanted to be the podcast that those could that have grown up with the show, like I have, and its original run would be they'd be able to listen to me reminisce about when I would watch it and just rewatching it as an adult and just loving on the characters like I did then. Also, my love of Fuller House, which I will be wrapping up in 2024. 2023 is all about wrapping up the Full House portion. And 2024 is all about wrapping up the Fuller House portion. Now, just because I am eventually wrapping up both shows does not mean the podcast is going to be over. I have so many things coming down the pike. So many... Stephanie book reviews. Full House Stephanie book reviews. Also, there are things on YouTube, Full House related, I would love to chime in with. There's even PSAs out there from episodes of Full House, you know, lessons learned moments and all that fun stuff. Compilation podcast episodes, who was the worst character on Full House? And I don't mean of the main cast, I mean guest star. They may have been in one or two episodes. I mean, I'm looking at Stavros, Rusty, Gia, Patty Fogarty. (laughs) You you name it. Anyone that did any of our main characters wrong, they make that list. (laughs) And that list could be pretty long, so I would have to rate them worst to eh. Not, not as terrible. You know, Stavros is stopping that list 110%. Probably going to be number one. Also, I rank the catchphrases of the show's run. From my favorite to least favorite. And, and just so many other things. If you guys have ideas you want to throw my way as fun compilation podcast episodes... I want to hear about it because I just think this would be something fun to do and still stay in the Full House or Fuller House umbrella. Also, I have been reviewing childhood movies that I grew up with that are, of course, rated family-friendly for you all, one of which will be released on... Earth Day, I will be covering 1994's Andre, so look forward to that in late April. And lastly, if you haven't yet and you'd like to, you know, no pressure, if you want to go on iTunes and leave a review, all podcasts need support and love, just take a moment. And again, like I said, all five stars do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Alright, that being said, let's jump into the cold open before we get officially into the episode. I love cold opens. They're so cute. They're like a, maybe a 45 second or less clip of additional footage. Oh, so fun. 
Let's see what they have in store for us this week. And of course, one last thing, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've been listening since the beginning or you've just tuned in just recently, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, we're out of the intro. We see we're in the kitchen. Joey's sitting down at the table. He's reading a newspaper or... It looks like a regular newspaper, but it's actually not. It's one of those rag mags that just, like, similar to, like, the National Enquirer, something to that effect. Becky, of course, at this point, like I said, is heavily pregnant. She sits down right next to Joey, and she's like, oh, my gosh, Joey, I can't believe you buy those things. On the front of it, it says, Genius Pigeon Graduates College. Yeah, she says, Joey, how can you read that junk? And then she looks. Oh, it says National Inquisitor. And then she looks. She's like, oh, my gosh, you went to the same college I did. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So here comes Danny with that. That bullhorn is going to become so annoying. Because he comes in wearing a teal black yellow windbreaker and he's got the bullhorn he's trying to get everyone into the kitchen so we got michelle coming down the stairs we got dj and stephanie coming in through the living room into the kitchen danny says it's training camp nobody can escape the house because i've got it surrounded (laughs) oh we got steph in those cowboy boots these ones are black not like fuchsia Yes, Danny, I think we're all aware now at this point in the show that you love the sound of your own voice. You love to talk constantly. Tanners all across the United States of America are coming forth to Lake Pollock together in the annual oh, fun family reunion and picnic. And there's going to be activities, contests. Oh, the picnic games, yes. I wonder if I have that tug of war. I can't remember if I ever participated. I think I might have, and my side lost. He says, first we're going to hug him, then we're going to kiss him, then we're going to kick some Tanner behind. So everyone's getting paired up. Michelle and Jesse are going to be in the balloon race. A balloon relay race. Ah, I've never heard of that. DJ and Stephanie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're going to be tied together in the three-legged race. So, of course, Stephanie takes this to heart where she feels we should eat, sleep, and breathe practicing this walking three-legged together. So, we'll be ready to go. Yeah, Stephanie tells Dana, like, oh, Dad, don't worry. We won't let you down. And then she turns to the DJ and says, from now until the day of the picnic, day and night, we are going to be tied together. We are going to practice. I love what DJ says. Yeah, sounds like a dream come true. I'm sure she's like, oh, I just spent the last four years sharing a room with you. I really don't want to spend any more time with you than I have to, little sister. Jeez, Danny! Someone take that bullhorn from him. Danny takes the bullhorn and he's going, (laughs) he yells at you, he's like, Joey! We cut over to see Joey was just about to put a cup to his lips to take a drink of something. Even Becky is like, Danny, Becky is pregnant. I don't think that's good for her to be shouting into that bullhorn. 
last year, Joey, he won. He won the pie eating contest, I believe. So that's pretty cool. So it sounds like he, when he gets up, he's doing like an impression of a wrestler. I mean, Randy Macho Man Savage, Hulk Hogan, you name him, whoever he's trying to impersonate. Apparently, he went up against someone named Phyllis. He's like, hey, Phyllis, if you're doing your needlepoint, I will destroy you. Okay, so, of course, Joey's going to need uh, some competition here while he practices putting his face through a pie. And, I mean, hey, Becky's sitting right next to That's probably why, you know, they were sitting next to each other. You know, they didn't know, but may as well have Becky do it. Look, I said, she's eating for three. Yeah, she, oh, blueberry, yeah, I'll try that. So, we got Danny with his timer on his watch, cheering Joey on. We got DJ and Stephanie cheering Becky on. So, I guess, is it the goal of the pie-eating contest, or practice here, to get through the middle of the pie, like you're not eating the entire pie? I mean, the only other pie-eating contest that I can recall is from Stand By Me. So, here comes Jesse. Don't know where he was, but uh, he's got important news he's going to share in just a moment. He comes in to see Joey and his wife. They are both face-deep in a pie, which there's not much of it left. He's kind of like, what did I just walk into? I mean, he'd have to know. Wouldn't Danny would probably be talking about that... Tanner family reunion for weeks prior to it happening. <laughs> Jesse looks at her like, uh, do we run out of forks? So Becky stands up and she's like, oh, hi, hi, honey. She gives him a kiss and then goes back down to finishing what's left of the box. There's not much left. And she says, be with you and a Jeff. And he wipes his face like, yeah, I'll just stay here and snack. Whoa, she, that, that there's nothing left to it. She stands up, she puts her arms up, finished, I'm done. All right, looks like we got, you know what? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could take the fact that she's eating for three and use that to your advantage in this contest. Because Danny's like, hey, we have a new champion. And then Joey, of course, being a sore loser, is like, what? wait, wait, she's eating for, free, for three. That's not fair. I think that's totally fair. Like, Joey, come on, you can be her backup. What am I saying? She doesn't need a backup. Yeah, this is no fair. She's having twins. She's eating for three. Oh, that's uh, gross. <laughs> it says I have a blueberry up my nose. Well, you were eating a blueberry pie, so I'm not surprised. Wow, here's something interesting. Genius Pigeon graduates college. Joey, how can you read that junk? <laughs> oh, my God. He went to the same school I did. <laughs> weekend, Tanners from all across this great country of ours are gathering at Lake Pollock for a fun family reunion and picnic. First, we're going to hug them, then we're going to kiss them, and then once those picnic games begin, we are going to kick some Tanner behind. <laughs> Shell, you will be with Uncle Jesse in the balloon relay race. I'll 
Because apparently he is that good at songwriting. Eh, not really. Again, guys, we've been with him for five seasons. We know that that is not his strong suit of writing original music. He usually relies on covers. Heavily relies on covers. Jesse and the Rippers obviously could just be seen as a cover band. And Danny keeps bringing it back to, uh, he says, that is the kind of groundless confidence that we need to win a Tanner family trophy. Wow. So, are the Tanners from L.A. going to be there? You know, Willie, Kate, Brian, Lynn, maybe Elf will show up in a picnic basket. We don't know. Stop with that bullhorn. Somebody take that away. He says, we are the Bay Area Tanners. Everyone is plugging their ears with Michelle. And Michelle is literally right next to Danny. He's like trying to psych them up. All right, are we going to win or what? <laughs> and you just see Michelle clench her fists <laughs> like she's showing off muscles. And Phyllis, you are dead meat. It's all very fascinating. But I want to tell you guys something. I just met with a new record company, and they heard my music, and they loved it. Oh, honey, that's Good great. Well, it's, it's not a done deal yet. They said they'd give me a record contract if I come up with one great hit song. I got very big news. You're my partner in the balloon race. Oh, yeah, that's right. At the picnic. Let's practice right now. All right, we will, I promise. But right now, I'm going to go downstairs, and I'm going to write the greatest song ever written. Just give me ten minutes. Is the kind of groundless confidence we need to win that Tanner family trophy. Because we are the Bay Area Tanners and we are gonna win, right? It feels like you are dead meat. So Stephanie comes into the living room. We got DJ on the couch using an emery board on her nails. Stephanie. She, she, when she said we're going to practice day and night, she was not kidding about that. Because she comes in, got the rope in her hand, like, all right, Deej, come on, time to practice. Get off the couch. Put the nail file down. And DJ says, Steph, can't you see I'm a little busy right now? Like, I don't have time to do this. So, of course, Stephanie turns it into Little Miss Tattletale, saying, Dad, DJ's not practicing her team spirit. DJ's like, okay, fine, stop already. Oh my gosh. Plus, um, do you really want to be doing that in the living room? Can't you, maybe the backyard might be the best place to do that because you're going to be outside performing this activity during the contest. So I don't think they're going to be <laughs> trying to put you through an obstacle course of making your way around a chair and a coffee table and trying to attempt stairs with your leg tied together with someone else's. Here we go again with that. Wait, now, DJ's tying their leg together just above the knee. And Stephanie says, okay, well, now, we have to tie it real tight so it won't fall off. Also, we got to practice day and night. And when we're not doing that, we're thinking about it. We're sleeping, thinking about it. We're, we're eating breakfast, thinking about winning the three-legged race. Visualize it. I wanted to know, like, who my competition would be so I could kind of figure out any strategy. Figure it, figure out a strategy. So she says, all right, let's practice walking first. And DJ moves to the left 
falls back on the couch, taking Stephanie with her. So, of course, <laughs> put a wrench in the plan here. DJ's phone rings upstairs. She says, oh my gosh, I bet it's Ben Anders. He is so unbelievably hot. And she's trying to get the nut out so she can disconnect their legs so she can go answer the phone. Mind you, I don't believe she's got an answering machine, so. DJ really wants to answer that phone because she's like, Ben, don't hang up. Steph, you're coming with me. Let's go up the stairs together. And Stephanie said, we have to practice. I was like, okay, well, then we'll practice going up the stairs. <laughs> so they make it up the stairs. DJ grabs the phone. She's like, hello? <laughs> and then she's like, what? She takes the phone away from her and says, it's for you, Steph. I'd be like, why are you giving out my number? Don't do She did. When, St- when DJ got her very first phone line in season three, Stephanie... Gave her phone number out to Walter. She gave it out to Hampshire, uh, Jimmy, Harry, you name it. Everyone in her class has DJ's number. I'm like, Steph, for every call you take, you're paying a dollar's worth of my phone bill. Gave the number out for emergencies. Oh, Eric. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So she's got a boy calling her, too. Oh, it's not Brett, Brett. It's not Brett from season four. <laughs> it's not Harry. It's not Walter. It's not Jimmy. Because I love how DJ is just trying to make this. She's like literally, Steph, come with me up the stairs. Let's go inside, outside, inside, outside. And she's just like basically dragging Stephanie up those stairs. And DJ flings herself against across her bed with Stephanie attached to her and grabs the phone. Poor Stephanie is just like, oh, my life is flashing before my eyes. Come on, Deej. We have to practice for the three-legged race. Steph, can't you see that I'm busy? Dad, DJ's not showing any team spirit. That's all right. Let's get this over with. Okay, now, tie it up real tight so it won't fall off. Now. We have to practice day and night, night and day, until we have it perfect so we can win. Okay. Okay, now let's practice walking first. Ready? Go. (laughs) That's my phone. I bet it's Ben Andrews. He's unbelievably hot. I can't get this nut out. Ben, don't hang up. Steph, you're coming with me. reclines back on DJ's bed. <laughs> I would be like, okay, well, well, I'm getting this thing off both of us because, yeah. But hey, I mean, they make good time. I mean, they, like, frantically flew up those stairs. So now we're going downstairs into the studio. Jesse's got a couple cans of soda there, and he's got his writing glasses on. And he's just trying to come up with, I mean, it's not working. 
So Jesse, of course, not having any success. He's got a plate with a, as he says, three-day-old pizza crust. I'll give it to Joey. He'll eat anything. But he's doing this in music form as he's playing on the piano. Here comes Michelle, dressed in yellow with a, yeah, she's wearing jean shorts, yellow top to match the yellow balloon, and she's got a yellow scrunchie in her hair. Looks cute. And she's like, guess what time it is? And Jesse says, yeah, it's time for me to write a hit song. Oh, is this the same day? Is it later? I don't know. So she's like, no, it's time to practice. She puts the balloon between her legs. She's like, waddle, 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 waddle. She is really on this. Every, her, her, Michelle and Stephanie are gung-ho about this. They want to please Danny. They want to make him proud. They want to show support as team players for the Bay Area Tanners. <laughs> and it's because their partners are both, Jesse and DJ are just so real life. I mean, I get Jesse, because, of course, he's under the gun. He's got to write this hit song. Yeah, she says, you had to practice too, partner. And he's like, oh, all right, give me, give me the balloon. Okay. So he does some half-hearted waddles with a balloon between his knees for Michelle's sake. Like, here. Here you go. I'm done. This is over. He's like, all right, now take off. I got to get back to my music. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Why didn't he just have... The red light on, so that way, I mean, I'm sure Michelle could understand that the red light means he's recording, even though it's not just so that way he's not disturbed. So, Michelle, can I hear it? And he's like, you know, it's not finished yet. It, uh, okay, it starts like this. And that's pretty much it. That's all he's got. And he's like, and then there's a, you know, verse, and then a chorus, and then a... Uh, and then he says, and then a real nice bridge, and then, and, you know, another chorus, and then it ends like this. Basically, the same sound that he started with, and then a bunch of stuff in between. And he asks her, oh, what do you think? And she just <laughs> looks at him and says, you got nothing. It's like, yeah, well, you're kind of distracting him, so why don't you go upstairs and bug Joey? Oh my goodness, here she comes with the five little speckled frogs. Like, write this song! Like, it'll, it's already, someone's already written it, so that won't work. Sounds like something she probably did in kindergarten or learned in kindergarten. Well, here comes Joey. It's like, oh, I love this song. And then he starts singing it along with Michelle. It's like, okay, guys, stop, please. Joey, take Michelle upstairs. I can't work with all this noise. Jesse finally is like, all right, enough. Stop. I'm serious. Joey, do you have a good reason for interrupting me? And Joey says, oh, yeah, I sure do. He's got that rag magazine. Oh, my. Or that rag newspaper. Check this out, Jess. Another Elvis site. Of course, because it has Elvis, he's like, oh, Jesse is going to want to hear this. This time, they spotted Elvis in Portland playing miniature golf with Bigfoot. It's like, okay. And now here comes Becky. It's like, good. He's trying to work. Okay. That door not come with a lock. Jesse is just like, ugh, he's banging his head against the keys. So Becky comes down with a sandwich to replace the pizza that Jesse hasn't eaten. She's like, oh, how's the song coming? And he's like, oh, it's really great. Michelle says, he got nothing. 
Yeah, and Jesse Fry is like, yeah, I got nothing because I have no privacy here. It's like, if he's down there, let him do his thing. You don't need to be bothering him with Elvis playing golf with Bigfoot. You don't need to be bothering him about the, the, the balloon race thing. You just let him do his thing, let him get it done, and just, yeah, leave him, leave him be. He's working. I get it, Becky's wanting to bring him a sandwich, but, uh... The other two, they don't need to be down there. Yeah, he's getting frustrated. He's like, will you people please just leave me alone? And Joey gets up and he's like, okay, Mr. Cranky Pants. Of course, he looked at Becky like, do you want to follow them out of here, please? And she she takes up and is like, honey, I brought you a sandwich. You really want me to leave? He's like, yeah, I would. Thank you. She's like, oh, you don't want me to leave, too? He's like, uh-huh, yeah, I do. Because she said, after I waddled, because she is very heavily pregnant at this point, she said, after I waddled down here to bring you the snack? And he says, uh-huh. And she tells him, well, honey, don't take this the wrong way, but... Fits <laughs> in his face. <laughs> Why is Michelle still there? Like, sweetie, go upstairs and bother Joey. Or your sisters, or your dad. And Michelle is still full of inspiration. Like, you should write a song about a turtle and a duck. But yes, Michelle, thank you. I'll take that into consideration. Move along. Move, move, move. Go, go, go. Thank you. <laughs> oh, a turtle and a duck. Yeah, that'll never happen. So, of course, that's exactly what he starts playing on the piano. Don't understand why he can't include the rippers on this. I'm sure some of them know how to write songs, don't they? Not to mention, they're part of the band, too. Why don't they get a say in that? I mean, if you get this record deal, you'll need them anyway. Jess, another Elvis sighting. 
This time they spotted him in Portland playing miniature golf with Bigfoot. Hi, honey. How's the song going? Oh, terrific. Great. He got nothing. I got nothing because I got no privacy here. Could you people just please leave me alone? Okay, Mr. Cranky Pants. Out! You don't want me to leave, too. Uh-huh. After I waddled down here to bring you this snack? Mm-hmm. Well, honey, don't take this the wrong way, but... Thank you. Uncle Jesse, I have an idea. Mm. You should write a song about a turtle and a duck. Thank you, Michelle. Run along. Alright, so looks like we're getting everything ready to roll the day of getting the car band loaded up. Michelle's got the bullhorn and she's sounding just as annoying as Dan. I don't think anyone can sound good coming out of a bullhorn. They're wearing shirts like a baby blue color that in white lettering say Bay Area Tanners. Can you explain to me how this is going to work? DJ is wearing jeans. Wouldn't it be better if she were wearing, oh, I don't know, shorts? I mean, you're going to be practicing this three-legged race, right? It just seems like you'd have more fluidity in your legs and movement if you were wearing shorts over jeans. We see a lot of luggage in... One well, is Comet coming along, too? Or where are they taking him to a kennel? What's going on? Because he's hanging out, got his head propped up on the luggage, probably sad because he can't go. There's a bunch of duffel bags, a bunch of clothes that still need to be packed. So, And Danny, of course, has got always with a clipboard, whether it's Tanner Island, whether it's this episode, whether it's the house meets the mouse, he's always got a clipboard on him. And Danny says, oh, you girls walk together so well, it's like you're not even tied together. And they both are like, we're not. They both say at the same time. And <laughs> they almost sound like twins. Because DJ and Stephanie turn to look at each other and like, stop talking when I talk. Okay, Joey and Becky are coming down the stairs. And Joey says, look, Becky, I want you to know that I've... I'm entering the pie-eating contest with a wild card entry. Oh, he's going to pretend he's like... The Tasmanian Devil. Why are they competing against each other? They're competing against other Tanners. I switched to the Tasmanian Devil technique. So he does a Tasmanian Devil impression. Like, uh, well, the thing is, okay, yeah, this is what I want to get into. <clears throat> Tanners, am I right? Being their last name. Well, Joey is not a tanner. Becky is not a tanner. Jesse is not a tanner. So the three of them don't technically need to go. In fact, I'm sure they, the other people, like, you're not tanners. You, I mean, Jesse is a brother-in-law. He does not have the name Tanner, and Becky is married to him. Then, and Joey isn't even related by blood. And, and Jesse's just related to the girls, 
through Pam. I know I'm getting very overly technical, but still. I don't I think that that would make them disqualified. Becky and Joey. Oh, they're family by they're extended family by either marriage or just the fact that Joey, you know, lives in the house. Ah, here comes Kimmy. <laughs> she says, Hola, fellow picnickers. Uh she wants to go. So but Danny, of course, puts the kibosh on this. She says, my bag, she's already put her bag in the van. My bag's in the van, and I'm ready for action, coach. He says, look, Kimmy, as, long, as much as we would love to have you on this trip, there's just no room in the van for you. Not, you're not a member of this family, you don't share the Tanner name, because if he said that, you know Kimmy's going to come at him with, like, well, what about Jesse, Becky, and Joey? Neither of them, none of them shared the Tanner name. So he couldn't use that as an argument. Oh, oh, he does say, besides, you got to be a member of the Tanner family. And she says, but I am a member of the Tanner family. At least that's what my parents keep telling me. Her parents are so overly neglectful. So Jesse's still wearing his three, four-day-old shirt and jeans. He looks really rough, like he has not slept, which he probably hasn't due to the stress of coming up with a hit song by himself. And he, he writes it and is like, look, guys, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to make it. I, I, I just, I'm under a deadline here. Oh, he sits down on the coffee table next to Michelle. Michelle with the bullhorn is like, yay, Uncle Jesse's here. I would have taken that bullhorn away from her. Yes, Danny does. But then he's like, all right, everybody, Jesse's here. Let's get in the van. Let's get stuff packed up. How? There are, let's see, three kids, Danny, Joey, and Becky, and Jesse. I mean, depending on how many seats that van has. And then you got all the luggage, too. He says, oh, we've had enough bullhorn. And then he blares into it with his own voice. So that's why Stephanie was holding a T-shirt. She says, here, Uncle Jesse, wear your t-shirt. It's a poly cotton blend. Dad said it wouldn't shrink, but I think it's just cheaper. Eh, probably. I mean, I mean, with those white letters on the front, odds are you put that through the wash, those letters are going to be either faded or falling off. He's been up for four days straight, guys. No sleep. And he can't come up with a hit song. He says, I'm going to pass on this picnic thing and stay and work. Dude, I get it. But honestly, it's what it's. You don't even know if they're going to like the song. All they've heard from you are covers. You write something that you feel is a hit song in your eyes, but they don't like it. Then you just blow off the. I honestly, I would have just went. I mean, for crying out loud, there will be other, we know that he's going to have a cover song that becomes a hit in Japan in season six. It's going to be fine. It just boggles my mind that it's Jesse and the Rippers and he does not get any insight or help from the Rippers, doesn't ask for their help at all. You probably could have come up with a hit song two days earlier if you'd had their help.
And everyone was like, "What? wait, wait a minute, what do you mean? And Kimmy pops in with, hey, look on the bright side. Now there's room in the van for me. And Danny turns to Jesse and says, Jesse, we need you now more than ever. Yeah, everyone, yeah, DJ's definitely like, come on, Je- Uncle Jesse, you have to go. It's not going to be the same if you're not there. And bet, yeah, they're all like trying to be like, Jesse, look, it'll be fine, honey. Come on, let's just, let's do this. And Joey says something that really aggravates Jesse. It's like, yeah, come on, take a look, you know, get your mind off your work. And Jesse says, I need to keep my mind on my work. Like, that's all he's been doing for four days straight. And I get, you know, why he's, he's, again, putting way too much pressure on himself. Oh, one shot at a record deal. Jesse, how many times have you said that throughout the course of eight seasons? A lot. Michelle says, but you're my partner in the balloon race. And he's like, honey, you're going to have to find another partner because I, I just, I can't do this. Hey, he tells her, get another partner. Kimmy will pair up with you. There you go. And she says, but you promise. And he tells her, Michelle, I can't. But then she keeps going out with, but you promised, but you promised. Yeah, he tells her, Michelle, I have to write a song. And he tells her, well, I'm breaking my promise, all right? I'm not going to the stupid picnic, so just leave me alone. And they're all like, whoa, Jesse. Michelle, well, you know what? I think sometimes, like, they hadn't yelled at her um, because she constantly get, wants to get away all the time. It's like, <sighs> yeah, she's just saying, oh, good, Jesse yelled at me. Well, I don't think he was yelling at you per se. He was yelling at the situation, but still aimed it in her direction because she would not stop. Did he actually say he would promise to do this? Probably thought, like, within the time that he said I gotta write a hit song and the, between that and the time that it would be late to leave for the Tanner picnic, that he probably would have come up with something prior to and it would have been fine. And Danny goes and supports Michelle. Like, Michelle, it's honey, it's okay. I'm sure he didn't mean anything about it, right? We, he didn't mean anything by it. We're going to still have fun at the picnic, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. Michelle says, Uncle Jesse's not nice anymore. Because he, he got angry and blew up? Granted, yes, maybe he could have handled it better. Maybe he would have just said, Hey, look, it turns... Yeah, and he did. He started out with, look, it's not going to work out. And everyone's badgering him, saying, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Come on, get your mind off your work. And, and Michelle Pesharin, well, you promised, you promised, you promised, you promised. That would get on anyone. It's like, this is what this guy wants to do for a living. This is the confines of which he has to work with. And that's the thing, with jobs... Even though it's not set in stone for him, with jobs, sometimes you do have to miss out on things that you would like to attend. That's just how it is, you know? You, you, and, I mean, you can't not work, <laughs> you know? Or you can find a job that works around your schedule, so you can be there for the big moments with your kids and your family. as if you're not even tied together. We're not. Stop talking when I talk. 
Becky, I just want you to know that I've entered the pie-eating contest as a wild-card entry. Joey, you don't stand a chance. Of course I do. I've switched to the Tasmanian devil technique. <laughs> now when I see that pie, it's going to be like, Hola, fellow picnickers. My bag's in the van and I'm ready for action, coach. Uh, Kimmy, uh, as much as we'd love to have you along on this trip, uh, there's just no room in the van. And besides, you got to be a member of the Tanner family. But I am a member of the Tanner family. At least that's what my parents keep telling me. Everybody got to talk to you. decent song, so I'm going to pass on this picket thing and stay home and work. Well, look on the bright side, Tanners. Now there's room in the van for me. Jess, we need you now more than ever. Yeah, it's just not the same without you. Yeah, you've got to go. Come on, honey, it'll be good for you. Yeah, sure, relax, take your mind off your work for I'm going to keep while. my mind on my work. Don't you guys understand? It's my one shot at a record deal. But you're my partner in the balloon race. Well, get on the partner. But you promised. Michelle, I can't. But you promised. Michelle, I have to write a song. But you promised. Well, then I'm going to break my promise. I'm not going to the stupid picnic, so leave me alone. Jess. Uncle Jesse yelled at me. Oh, Michelle, I'm sure he didn't mean anything by it. Come on, we're still going to have fun at the family picnic. Uncle Jesse's not nice anymore. So apparently it went from being about Jesse to being about let's make Michelle feel better because Uncle Jesse quote unquote yelled at her. I'm sorry, but I can't with this child right now. I mean, she can be, you know, cute and everything, but she's just honestly bordering on a uber annoying. So yeah, Jesse's downstairs. On the piano. He comes up with a Brady Bunch. I didn't really hear it until the very end. Oh, okay, yeah. But now we're in the car. Danny's driving. Becky's riding shotgun. We got Joey and Michelle in the first row of seats. And then we got DJ Con They did bring Comet. They got Comet, DJ, Kimmy, and Stephanie. So, Danny's getting the family singing. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes and all these other lyrics. And then he's like, oh, one more time. And everyone's like, like, Danny, enough. No, we're done. I mean, I don't even know how far away this place is. It said, like, Placid or <laughs> I forgot where. Someplace hours away so apparently Danny's not the only one annoying the family on this drive Michelle is asking are we there yet and Danny says no honey we're not at the motel yet and she asks, when will we get there and it's like we'll get there when we get there please stop so Michelle of course says I was just asking don't have a cow I'm like sweetie you've probably asked that question at least 
umpteen times in the last hour. And Joey says, I think what Michelle's trying to say is she has to go to the bathroom. And Michelle says, no, I don't. And Joey says, all right, I do. Danny, can we please stop somewhere? I'm dying here. And Danny's like, Joey, didn't I tell you not to drink that thermos of Tang? So basically, everyone's getting on everyone's nerves because Joey's like, but Danny, and Danny says, don't make me come back there. And now, of course, we got Kimmy looking at Stephanie, which Stephanie is just like, Dad, Kimmy, tell Kimmy to stop looking at me. And Kimmy says, no, I'm not. And Danny says, Kimmy, stop looking at Stephanie. And Michelle is the first one to notice, like, something stinks if she waves a hand in front of her nose. Becky says, honey, we're in the woods. It's probably a skunk or something. No, it's not. Kimmy, put your shoes back on. Yeah, DJ says, oh, I know that smell. Kimmy, put your shoes back on. keep it coming and he's taking Jesse's taking a spoon on the counter and just kind of tapping it and this guy just just like Elvis says hey switch the decaf son you're dangling my nerves Jesse apologizes like, sorry I just have a lot on my mind and he looks down he looks up and he looks down and he looks and he's like before Jesse even walks into the diner, we do see this guy looking at a uh, rag ma- uh, paper, a newspaper. It says something about Elvis Foyle's, like, robbery. Oh, it's the National Inquisitor, King Foyle's Deli Robbery. So he asks for a sprout salad and put the dressing on the side. And of course he does. Thank you, thank you very much. Of course, it, it, it seems like we're kind of playing on the fact that yes, towards the end of Elvis's life, he did weigh considerably more than he did when he started out. And you see, he lost like 72 pounds on this diet of sprouts. So Jesse's like, he's like trying to get like, you look just like, I mean, but you're gone. I mean, you're not gone. You're here. But and the guy's kind of looking at Jesse like, dude, you get a point. Well, I mean, because this guy's got the sideburns, and he does have a bit of gray in his hair, and it just, yeah. 
He probably gets that all the time from people. And he's dressed, he's got a black leather jacket, got a red and black striped scarf, wearing a denim button-up underneath. But Jesse apologizes, like, I'm sorry, look, you don't want to hear my, I'm just having a bad day, you don't want to hear my story, you don't want to hear my problems. And the guy's like, yeah, probably not. And then Jesse launches into his issue. And Jesse says, the problem is my family, they were driving me nuts and I blew up at them. Jesse, like, hops seats with his, like, shoulder to shoulder with this guy. And Jesse's jacket, I actually really like it. It's like a leather jacket, but it's got like a jean jacket material and the sleeves are leather. And Jesse explains to this guy how he's got a he shot at a record deal. He's got to come up with a one-hit song. And Jesse tells this guy how his family's mad at him because he doesn't want to go to the stupid picnic. And the guy like zeroes in on the word picnic. Picnic? You gonna have barbecue there? <laughs> Jesse says, uh, I, I guess so. Jesse, yeah, again with the pressure, he's like, I, I don't have time for that. My whole career's on the line. And the guy asks him, well, like, well, if you're so gung-ho about getting this record deal, why, what are you doing here? And Jesse says, oh, I'm practically finished. Like, he's, he asks him, like, well, why aren't you home working on your record? And Jesse says, oh, I came out for a cup of coffee. And I'm thinking, dude, you can make coffee at home. I know you guys have a coffee pot. But he probably just wanted to get out of the house and get some inspiration, mingle among the masses, that kind of thing. And the guy reads Jesse like a book. He's like, you got nothing, do you, boy? So Jesse jokes about writing a song about a turtle and a duff, but it's not quite a top 40 hit. <laughs> and Jesse, you want to know what my real problem is? And the guy says, yeah, lay down me. What's up? Jesse tells this guy, I got twins coming, you know, I want to be to be proud of their old man. I like this, it can be said for Jesse and Becky in Fuller House, but then again, it's the writers that made the twins the way they are. As epic failures running a failed fish taco truck. It's such a big deal about these twins from season five onward. And he's just like, oh, they're going to go far and this and that. He just can't wait to say... It's like they basically write the Nikki and Alex off like they're just not worth the air to breathe. And it's just, I can't believe it. It's not, it's like, the, why even bring them back? Why, you could just say, oh, the boys are off. I mean, at that point, they're, like, in college. So you could just say, oh, they're in college right now. I mean, you spent the money to get the actors who played Nikki and Alex back. And you just drop them like they're not... You just write the lamest story you possibly could. I just... I, I hate that. I hate that so much. And the fact that Jesse's like... I want them to see platinum records on the... Did, really? You think your kids are gonna care? All they care is that you provide them with a loving home, food on the table, clothes on their back, and, you know, good happy memories. That's it. They don't care if you write a hit song or not. That doesn't matter to them. Yeah, and even the guy who says, you know, babies don't care about platinum records. All they care is that their daddy's there to hug him and kiss him and, you know, love on him and whatnot. And just, you know. Yeah, and the guy is really grilling Jesse. He's like, shame on you for snapping at your family over a picnic. And Jesse says, I also broke a, broke a promise to my four-year-old niece. I said, oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. But this guy, he does, he gives, gives great. It's like, you're too busy chasing your pot of gold. You're forgetting what's important. 
He tells Jesse, if you want to be a success, you be a good father, good husband, and a good friend. Oh, he says, after that, it's all gravy. <laughs> He's like, oh, that sounds good. Hey, guys, throw some gravy on this salad. <laughs> That's the thing about gravy. I honestly, if I had to choose my favorite brand, it's going to be Campbell's Beef Gravy. Absolutely love it. Put it on my poutine. I would love, honestly, to go to Canada and have real, official, authentic poutine. Which basically is french fries covered in gravy with cheese curds. Ah, oh, so amazing. Place here where I live, it's called Maple Bacon. And it's got different kinds of poutine. And the first time that I went there, I can't remember. I know I ordered the poutine and some other thing. And this lady asked, you're from Canada? And I'm like, no, why? She's like, well, that just seems like, like, I'm thinking, but that's what you serve. But it's good, though. It definitely is. And they, they don't just have that. They also have pancakes and waffles, stuff like that, too. Jesse, you know, this guy talks reason to him. And Jesse's like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Thanks for the advice. He says, I feel like I know you or something. That is so sweet. Jesse offers to buy his meal. I get another. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then Jesse's like, gosh, the way you said thank you. Thank you very much. Just, you remind me of, and the guy's like, oh, I know. Wayne Newton. <laughs> we got another Wayne Newton joke. <laughs> he didn't even get his coffee, I don't think. No, he didn't. The guy's too busy working on uh, the bean sprout and the gravy. And, uh... So, Jesse says, oh, have a nice night. And the guy stands up and says, oh, son, it's kind of cold out there. Uh, oh, yeah, he gives him his scarf. The way that he pulls the scarf off his neck and onto Jesse's is just, oh, that is so cool. He tells Jesse, you, now you go take care of business. The guy has not touched those sprouts. He hasn't even got that gravy. Jesse didn't even get his coffee. What's up with that? The guy, when it looks like it's something you use for like a little creamer and he's adding gravy to it. Cup of coffee black and keep it coming. Hey, switch the decap, will you, son? You're jangling my nerves. <laughs> Hey, Sonny, make me one of them sprout salads and uh, put the locale dressing on the side, will you? Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> lost 72 pounds on this diet, man. I got sprouts coming out my sideburns. You know, you look exactly like... Well, no, you're gone. I mean, you're not gone. You're here. <laughs> yeah, never mind me. I'm, I'm just you know, I'm having a bad day. Go ahead, finish your salad. You, you don't want to hear my problems. And probably not. The problem is my family. Driving me nuts, so I blew up at him. See, I finally got a shot at a record deal, but I got to come up with one really great song, and they're all mad because I'm not going to some stupid picnic. Picnic? They can have barbecue there? <laughs> I guess so. But the, I don't have time for that. You know, my whole career is on the line. Well, why aren't you home working on a record? Well, practically finished. I just... Uh, no, I came out for a cup of coffee. You got nothing, do you, boy? Well, oh, a song about a turtle and a duck. <laughs> Not really top 40, though. I don't know what my real problem is. Yeah, lay it on me. See, I got twins coming. I want them to be proud of their old man. I want them to be a success. You know, that's why I've been working so hard. I want them to look up and see platinum records on the wall. Maybe she'll care about platinum records. 
All I care about is if their daddy loves them, if she's there to hug and kiss them. Shame on you for snapping at your family over a picnic. I also broke a promise to my four-year-old niece. I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> when you're so busy chasing your pot of gold, you're forgetting what's really important. If you want to be a success, then you be a good father, a good husband, a good friend. After that, it's all gravy. That sounds good. Hey, Sonny, throw some gravy on a salad, will you? That <laughs> all oh, makes a lot of sense. Thanks a lot. I don't know why I dumped all this on you. I feel like I know you or something. Hey, let me, uh, let me buy your meal, huh? Thank you. Thank you very much. I swear, the way you say thank you. Thank you very much. You remind me so much. I know. Wayne Newton. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a nice night. Listen, son, it's kind of cold out there. You might need this. You take care of business. Hey, son, throw some gravy. Come on. So, yeah, it looks like they have an issue with the van. They're in the woods. Uh, Danny's going through the owner's manual. Did you guys call AAA or did you not get service out there? Although, well, how are they going to call it? They don't even have a cell phone. And odds are they probably missed that hotel. They lost a hotel reservation at this point. And DJ just, oh, I hope he ho fixes the van or finds out what's wrong with it. And Stephanie, little miss pessimistic here, is all like, oh my gosh, what if he doesn't fix it? What if we're stuck out here? I wonder what Joey was doing there, leaning again across the seats on his back. He's like, all right, Danny, I think I got it here. Danny, or Joey is wearing a red Red Wings jacket. <laughs> Oh, no. No, he didn't fix the problem. He got the hood up on the van. And Danny, <laughs> they finally got, I don't know how long it took to get that hood open, but it's like, oh, no wonder we broke down. It's filthy under here. It's like, Danny, it's underneath the hood of a car where all your things are going to be. It's going to be gross. We see Michelle and, and Becky sitting down somewhere. Because Stephanie's like, oh, somebody's coming. And Michelle says, oh, I hope it's an ice cream man. She's actually wearing a um a little sweater, which is probably just as well. Because a, a lot of them are wearing, like, sweaters or coats or something. Because it ain't that warm out. I don't know what time of year this is supposed to be. I know it seems like in the beginning of season five, they started, like, literally right before school started. So probably at the end of August. And we know this is only episode five so i would say well wait a minute the babies are born in november because i remember that michelle says she has a birthday in november when she's talking to tommy page which is also in season five when stephanie turns 10 so i'm gonna put this Oh, say somewhere in like late September, early October, or something like that. How did Jesse find them? I want to know. Was he just driving along and managed to, like, oh, there's a van. That must be theirs. The diner must have been close by. 
And Becky is like, Jesse, honey, what are you doing here? And Jesse says, well, I was going to meet you guys at the at the picnic. What's going on? What's wrong with the van? And of course, it just seems like in the past episodes, like Jesse has been Mr. Fix-It when it comes to, especially like in season six, when Joey gets that car for DJ that gets impounded. And then also when um, Danny is wanting Jesse to fix his car. And all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, Jesse, it's filthy under the hood. Take a look. Oh, he's like, oh, here. And then he says, Joey, give it a start. Vehicle starts right up. What was wrong with it exactly? Is something come loose? Oh, it's just a loose distributor cap. Okay, that works out great. Oh, Joey, of course, wants to take her. Like, oh, what you wouldn't have found if I hadn't gotten the hood open. How many hours did it take you guys to learn how to open the hood on that van? So, Jesse, you guys will never guess who I met in a diner. He looked exactly like Wayne Newton. Because, <laughs> you know, he was not going to say all this. That's the title of the episode, The King and I. And Jesse says, well, he and I got to talking and, uh, well, sorry I've snapped at you guys today. Jesse says, you know, I just got so wrapped up in this record deal and riding around on my high horse and, and I forgot the things that are important to me in my life. That's the people I love. Aww. And he says, I hope you can forgive me. Well, mostly all of them except for Michelle. Michelle is not happy. He has to give a personal apology to Michelle. Kimmy says, oh, of course I can forgive you. Kimmy is wearing a white and black checked flannel jacket with a matching scrunchie. He's also wearing white, it looked like pajama pants with black spots. And Danny says, hey, Jess, don't don't be so hard on yourself, all right? We know what kind of pressure you've been under. Oh, Michelle sitting over there on a rock. No, we don't. And Jesse goes over there and it's like, oh, come on, Michelle, don't you forgive your Uncle Jesse? And she says, your name is Uncle Meanie. I'd be like, okay, um, yeah. And Jesse kind of says, oh, you're still mad at me, huh? And she says, duh. See, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Even though the show thinks it's funny for her to talk back and everything, it's like, you guys need to nip this in the butt. The attitude is getting old. Luckily, she drops a lot of this going forward later on. The audience and Jesse find it comical. And Jesse says, I deserve it, duh. And he says, I'm sorry I let you down, kid. And she, apparently that's not enough for her. She says, you yelled and you broke a promise. And he tells her, you know, if it makes you feel better, I felt terrible all day. <laughs> that's how she, that, that helps a little. He says, we're going to enter that balloon race and we're going to win. <laughs> how does that help? She says, that helps a lot. Uh, me picks her up and says, give me a little love. She kisses him on the cheek. Hey, Danny with a flashlight, come on. <laughs> he pretended to be calm. Hey, excuse me, everything okay here? Flashing a light right in Jesse's face. I mean, he does not know. I mean, the, the flashlight and the bullhorn. Oh my goodness, please say you did not bring that bullhorn. All right, everybody in the van, let's go. We don't, I I wish we would have gotten some closure to say, like, how did it go? Who won? All that stuff. I mean, you invested so much time in this. I want results. The family is clearly back from the Tanner picnic thingy reunion. 
hope they can fix the van. What if they can't? What if we're stuck here forever? In that case, we're bear snacks. All right, Danny, I think I got it. Give it a try. Oh, Joey. All right, we did it. We got the hood open. <laughs> oh, man. No wonder we broke down. It's filthy under here. We're in big trouble. Somebody's coming. I hope it's the ice cream man. <laughs> you guys at the picnic. Something wrong with the van? Yeah, the engine is filthy. Come on, have a look for yourself. <laughs> oh, Joey, give it a start, okay? All right! Yeah. All right, turn it off. Just a loose distributor cap. Which you never would have found if I hadn't gotten the hood open. <laughs> guys, you'll never guess who I met today in a diner. Who? It's a guy. He looked exactly like Wayne Newton. <laughs> but, uh, we got to talking, and, um, sorry I snapped at you guys today. Just got so wrapped up in this record deal, you know, riding around on my high horse, that I forgot about the things that are important to me in my life. That's the people I love. You guys. So, uh, I hope you can forgive me. Of course I can forgive you. You can let go now, Kimmy. Jess, don't be so hard on yourself. You know what kind of pressure you've been under. No, we don't. Michelle, don't you forgive your Uncle Jesse? Your name is Uncle Mimi. You're still mad at me, huh? Duh. Deserve a duh. I'm sorry I let you down, kid. You yelled at me, broke a promise. Well, if it makes you feel better. I felt terrible all day. That helped a little. All right, then how about this? You and I, we're gonna enter that balloon race, and we're gonna win, and we're gonna have the most fun we've ever had in our whole life. How do you like that? That helps a lot. All right, Munchkin. Come on, give me a little love. Excuse me, everything okay here? <laughs> yes, officer. Okay, that's it then. Why don't we go? Everybody in the van. Okay, now we're back. It looks like they got the trophy. That's awesome. I guess everyone won in their uh, challenges that they were up against. He says, it was, I'm so proud of you guys. It was almost a total sweep. Uh-oh. They took the balloon relay, the three-legged race. Too bad about the pie-eating contest. Oh, no. I thought they would have definitely swept that with Becky. Oh, both Becky and Joey are... Oh, sorry we let you down. What happened? And uh, yeah, apparently we get another Aunt Phyllis reference. Uh, who knew that when she took out her denture, she could gobble down a pie that fast? Looks like it must be lunchtime, I guess. But, um... Because Joey's got... I don't know whether it's supposed to be lemonade. There's the salad. There's a big, giant sandwich on everyone's plate. I don't think Michelle will be able to eat all that. I mean, like I said, I have not watched this episode in probably years and years and years. 
So I didn't even know that we would get the results of, I mean, we made such a big deal about this thing. It's like, we better have the results, but they did get a trophy. So that's a win-win. And they pretty much cleared all of the three-legged race, the blue race, all the good stuff, except for the pine. Oh, man. So it looks like Jesse's got his hit song, his hit song made. He's like, come on down to the studio. I want you to check out this new tune. Oh, my gosh. Is that Gary with a beard? Or is that somebody else? I think these are other members. They're not, not all these guys are rippers, if any of them even are. He says, I don't know if the record company's going to like, no, I don't think that's Gary. No, I think it is Gary. He's just got a beard. Oh, that is so wild. Dad, haven't you polished that long enough? You're starting to wear off the inscription. But I'm just so darn proud of you guys. It was almost a total sweep. You took the balloon relay and the three-legged race. Too bad about the pie-eating contest, huh? Danny, we're really sorry we let you down. Hey, who'd have known when Aunt Phyllis took out her dentures like that that she could gum down a pie that fast? <laughs> Okay, here are my thoughts on this song um, and why I don't think that, I don't think the music execs would offer him a record deal. First of all, it starts off like a ballad, and then it jumps into this uh, 
really fast paced, which I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there are some songs that slowly start out that way and then they jump into something different, which, you know, teach their own. But I just, I, I, I can't imagine someone jamming out to the song uh, playing on the radio in their car. Or, or buying, I mean, and the thing is, this is just one song of many that you would have to create to create an entire album of, what, 10 to 12 songs? Original songs. I mean, what are they going to do? One original song and the rest are all covers? Like, uh, no. That's why I just feel like, no, they probably be like, no, try it. And the thing that I'm just thinking of now Jesse literally just came off a eight week tour. No way, that's the end of season five. That's the end. That's the end of this season. I'm sorry, guys, I was jumping way too far ahead. So yes, it does come for him. Granted, it's a cover song, but even still, I'm just that. What's what? It feels like season five is about Jesse trying to find his musical inspiration and he got inspiration from this situation of bailing on his family then you know talking to this elvis lookalike guy in the diner and then going to rescue you know and this guy telling him what's more important is your family no platinum records could even compare to that as long as you have love and support of your family i mean that's what what you need. But anyway, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much the episode, guys. I I thought it was good. Um, again, not one of my huge huge favorites. Now it's not at the level of the three episodes that I'm gonna cover that I can't stand in season eight. But it's yeah, it's it's just one of those that I really wouldn't watch again. It was it was it was okay. But I like that I put enough distance between me and the episode. Like I said, I haven't watched this one in literal years and I couldn't remember if they had done the results for the the Tanner Picnic reunion games. Worst outfit, I think I want to give it to what Stephanie was wearing. Some It seems like they always put her in these flowerish print type shirts. Like, the one she was wearing when she went in and DJ was filing her nails and saying, DJ, we gotta practice night and day for the three-legged race. <laughs> Best outfit? I think I definitely want to give it to, um, when was it? I just, I really like Jesse's jacket. I can't really think of any outfit, really. I mean... Michelle's yellow top with the yellow scrunchie was cute and everything, but not enough to put in first place. And I mean, we've seen Jesse's jacket before, so if I had to give a runner-up, because Weather and I probably also named the jacket as best outfit probably for so runner-up. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go with the 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 Tanner the Bay Area Tanner shirt that they were all wearing. I thought. A nice light baby blue color with the white font was cute. A Tanner teachable moment for this episode is don't annoy people with bullhorns. <laughs> and as far as Jesse goes, just say inspiration comes in the where you least expect it from.
And that's honestly what he needed. He needed to kind of get away and just, you know, get out of the house, separate himself from the family, and just... Because, again, yes, he was putting way too much pressure on himself for something that could have been a hit or miss. And, again, I don't think that the record company goes for that song that he did. Oh, wait a minute! Now that I think... I, that's right! At the end of season four, Rock the Cradle... They, he had a um, record company that signed him. He went on tour for like a whole summer. What happened after that? Did they drop him? My guess is they dropped, like, it was a like, one-time deal, like, hey, we'll have you go out to these places and everything because he's coming back at the end of summer and it just, and then all of a sudden, like, Three or four episodes later. Nice. Still trying to get signed again by somebody else. It just seems like that's all that this is. Is just each season is Jesse working up to coming up to a hit song to getting signed by somebody. Until what? They realize that all you do is covers and you don't have any original music? I don't know. But, again. Just... Yeah, inspiration comes where you least expect it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I, th I thought it was cute. I did like it. But again, it's not one I would seek out to, to watch on a regular basis. <laughs> there are just some episodes of, of the show that, you know, some I love with all my heart. I watch on repeat, especially the holiday episodes, the back to school episodes, stuff like that. The summer episodes. But, um... Some of these others kind of hit and miss-ish. So, again, if you guys want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, guys, have a wonderful weekend. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. Again, all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Bye-bye.